Um, tonight, we're going to continue our sermon series. Um, last week, um, man, just to give y'all kind of like what last week was all about, um, we launched the sermon series basically declaring this, that life is different than what we mean it to be, than what Jesus means it to be. Anybody have a Bible in here? Do you have a Bible? If it glows and it's charged up, just wave it at me. Come on, like you, come on, come on, awesome. The Bible is our word, and in the Bible, that's actually where we receive God's word. I mean, I, we always say it all the time. You can't tell me God's not speaking to you if your Bible's closed. And, and that's just how we receive from God. Other ways we do that. Um, but in the Bible, we believe it's perfect. It's infallible. There's nothing wrong with it. It's blameless. And in the Bible, uh, Jesus is talking about life all the time. But he's not talking about life how we're talking about life. If you guys remember, Jesus' definition of life isn't survival. Jesus' definition of life isn't existing. Jesus' definition of life is actually being freed from some things. Last week, we had everybody at the altar. It was beautiful. Everybody's at the altar. And man, we had like 40, 50 people who were just so bold enough to shoot their hand up and say, I'm addicted. I am hurt. I'm depressed. I have anxiety. And we prayed for all those people. If you are a result of last week and you feel like God's been moving in you, can you make a little bit of noise right now? If you feel like that was you last week, Come on, let's, let's try to make a little bit more noise. Um, every lady, make some noise in the house. Come on. Okay, y'all didn't make noise. Y'all, everybody make some noise in the house tonight. All right. Every dude, where you at? Who, who, who? Come on, give it to me. Give me some, something. Can all my fellas make some noise? That sound like a bass. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. It ain't going nowhere. We're reading from Luke 9. Luke 9, verses 12 through 17. Man, tonight, I'm going to have so much energy up here, and if y'all don't match me, I'm going to preach for two hours. Uh, if you shout me down, if you, you communicate, I'll be quicker, and we can go quickly to go eat IHOP after. Luke 9, verse 12 through 17. I'm reading from the message version, so it's a little bit different than yours. Luke 9, 12 through 17. We have a huge Bible right behind me, so if you don't have one, just read along. And uh, it says this, really quickly, can you, take, can you take it out? Can you remove it? Just remove the Bible verse. Um, how many of you guys are ready to receive a word from God? Is anybody expecting to hear a word from God? Like, I need to hear you. Come on. Is anybody hungry for the presence of God? Is anybody thirsty for some revelation of Jesus? Is anybody hungry? Off the bat tonight, off the bat, I want to start off in saying this. It's nothing better than the presence of God. There is nothing better, nothing greater than the presence of God. We spoke about this two weeks ago. You could drink all you want. The, the problems are still there after. You can smoke all you want. The problems are still there after you're done. You can go from relationship to relationship, love to love, hilltop to hilltop. But when all that fades away, you still got something broken inside of you. And this is the thing. God does not offer temporary satisfaction. Jesus is not a temporary satisfaction, but in fact, he wants to change you and set your course straight for the rest of your life. Is anybody hungry for Jesus' words tonight? Come on, anybody hungry? A little bit of expectation. We're reading Luke 9. Read together. As the day declined, the 12, the disciples, said, dismiss the crowd. So some context. There's like... 5,000 men 
not including children and women. So if safe to say, to every man there is a woman. Come on, say it. To every man there is a woman, and to every woman and dad, what do they create? Babies. All right. Just a little, you know, class 101. So to every man there's a, there's a female, and to every, there's a baby. There's 5,000 men, so if you times that by three, you get 15,000. So there's around 15,000 people. That's that crowd you see right there. There's 15,000 of them, and they are waiting for Jesus to say something. Like, and they're just waiting. And he actually just did this huge thing in the chapters before. Um, but this is a moment where the disciples are like, yo, let's just send everybody off. We got nothing else to offer them. So this is where we pick up. Dismiss the crowd so they can go to the farms or villages around here and get a room and a bite to eat. We are out in the middle of nowhere. And, and he, Jesus says, he goes, you feed them, Jesus said. And the 12, this is what they say. We couldn't scrape up more than five loaves of bread and a couple of fish. So they've been planning to feed everybody. Awesome. I was dancing. They've been planning to feed everybody. And he said, hey, so what's up? What you got? He said, hey, we only got five loaves of bread and we only got two little fishies. We got Lunchable. That's all we got. With the ham, the ham in it. And the cheddar cheese. All we got is a Lunchable. Unless, of course, you want us to go to town ourselves and buy some food. Listen, the disciples were broke, all right? They were broke. You know, serving Jesus doesn't mean you'll be rich. Come on, if someone said amen. There were more than 5,000 people in the crowd. But he went ahead and he directed his disciples. And I love what Luke said. He goes, sit them down in groups about, of about 50. So 50, 50, 50, 50, 50. Just see 50 all over the place, right? Next verse. They did what he said. And soon after, he had everyone seated. He took the five loaves and fish. He lifted his face to heaven in prayer. He blessed and broke and gave the bread. So Jesus took the lunchable. He's cracking it and he is just giving it to them. He's giving it to them. He's giving, 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 giving. They have baskets. He keeps giving. They're like, what the heck? I thought it was. And fish the disciples to hand out to the crowd. After the people had all eaten their fill, 12 baskets of leftovers was gathered up. So this is like a huge miracle. Jesus took a Lunchable and fed around 15,000 people. And the disciples are blown away. And he keeps giving, he keeps giving. Imagine, here you go, here you go, send away, 50. Here you go, here you go, send that, here you go, 50, here we go. So he's going back and forth, back and forth. And they're like, yo, what the heck? We got 12 baskets left over and everybody's full. And we got 12 baskets, it's unbelievable, unbelievable. And their faces, like, imagine their faces, like, yo, what, what was in that Lunchable, yo? What the heck just happened? And I love it because in the middle of that, God does a miracle and something that they had no idea about. The title of tonight's sermon is this. Come on, why do you tell your neighbor? This is the title of tonight's sermon. Is this really happening? Tell your neighbor, is this really happening? Come on, say it like you mean it. Is this really happening? Is this really happening? 
I can imagine disciples looking at each other like, is this really happening? Have you ever had a, is this really happening moment? Anybody ever graduated from high school before? Anybody? Yo, like, you're walking up, right? And you're like grabbing the diploma. Thousands of people are like, is this really happening? You know, I was, it was funny because I was sitting next to a dude. We had the same name. I was John Mejia, he was John, Jonathan Mejia. So we were just writing the whole time. And we're talking, whatever, like, yo, we gotta do something crazy when we get that diploma, yo. I don't know, I'm gonna hit the cat daddy, I'm gonna do something. We gotta do something stupid. I was like, yo, how about this? I get my diploma, and instead of walking off, I just stand at the edge of the stage. I don't encourage you to do this, by the way. So I'm like, I'm gonna just stand at the stage, and when you get yours, yo, we're gonna run into each other, just bump right in front of the principal and just grab a diploma while I got. I didn't know the diploma wasn't actually in the case, it was just all for show. You get the diploma later, but whatever. Um, I remember I'm with him, and I'm just like, yo, like, so I get mine, right? Thank you. Shake everybody's hands. And I stand there and I'm just waiting for him. I'm like, yo, we about to do it. So he gets his, we ready to each other. I'm like, boom, we hit it so fun. I walk, I'm like, is this really happening? Like, I'm graduating high school. You probably felt that when you went to, from middle school to high school. Did you feel like that? Like freshman year? I didn't either. I really didn't. <laughs> I did not feel that. Um, I have another story. There was one time I went to France, y'all. Like, I talk about this all the time. I was blessed to go to France. And um, the first day we got there, it was cold, it was nighttime, and it was raining. So it was not a good circumstance to be outside. It wasn't a good moment. But we're like, yo, we're gonna see the Eiffel Tower tonight. It's raining, it's cold, I don't care. We're seeing the Eiffel Tower tonight. We'll go tomorrow, we're in France, we're gonna see it tonight. So I remember I'm, I'm gonna get on my jacket. I had like raw shoes on, so like my feet were brick. So like we're walking or whatever, and I literally remember like seeing it. I'm like, oh my god, that's it! Like, what the heck? That's the Eiffel Tower. And then like I went to like the side store where there was like uh, they had crepes and they made it right. Anybody ever eat a crepe before? So I was in France, like they making the crepe, like he's laying out the thing and he's like folding it and he's like Nutella. I was like, yes, for sure, for sure. You push your kid out with Nutella, for sure. He puts Nutella on there, he's like, strawberry? I'm like, strawberry. Shimmy, shimmy, shimmy. Strawberries all over it, and I'm so cold. He gives it to me and like warms my hands. I'm like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> And I'm standing there, and I'm just like in the middle of like a corner street, and I'm looking up at the Alpha Tower, and I look down at my crave, and I'm like, is this really happening? Like I'm eating a crepe in the middle of France. Looking up at this tower, my family over there, everybody's like, yeah, it's like raining, but I'm just like, is this really happening? You know what I mean? And it was crazy. One of my favorite bands, I tell you this much, I, I was like watching their, their live stuff, and um, there was a moment in the concert. Who's ever been to a concert before? I love you guys. Party animals, right? Love it. So like I was at this, con this concert, and I was looking at the concert, and I remember the moment, this is like the realest moment in the whole concert. The lead singer, he goes, stop, stop it, stop, stop the band. He looks at everybody, he goes, yo, I know we love, he's like so soft-spoken, I know we love the cameras and we love the videos and we love the flashes and we love to take selfies. He goes, but the best night, the best part of tonight is gonna be the moment where we put all that junk away and we just focus on the music and focus on what's going down and like forget, you know, the video, because you could be taking a video 
and just be so focused in the camera that you're not even a part about what's going on. So he felt that disconnect. People are singing along behind their phones. You know what I mean? So he's like, everybody put the cameras down. You know his accent. He's like, for this one song, just once, just give me one song tonight. That you guys just put down. I'm, I'm like rocking this right now. You put down your phones and your cameras. I just turned Haitian. And your cameras. You put down your phone and your camera. You put it down. Down to the ground. And literally he's like, and just focus on what's going on. And like, I can imagine the people in that concert, right? Like the girl that's been recording the whole time, put the phone down. And everybody's like, uh, 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 and she's like, is this really happening? You know what I mean? Come on, tell your neighbor, is this really happening? Because here's the truth. You could be in a concert with your phone out and not really be in the concert. You could be singing the songs, jumping and dancing, but you're so focused on all the other things, you could be missing exactly what, what's going on. You could be missing the whole thing. But you know tonight, it's, there is a possibility that you could come to church every single week and miss the whole thing. There is a slight chance that you can be coming to church and be here and not actually be here. I'm, I'm going to drill this until you get it. There's a possibility that you could be coming to church and not be the church. There's a possibility that you could be in this moment and focus on all the wrong things and you miss the message. Yes, that's possible. Let's go deeper. It's a possibility that you could be serving on a Friday night and miss the whole thing. You missed it. Because you're not really even in the moment. You're not having that, yo, is this really happening? Like, yo, John, this is the transition. Everybody go higher. Like, there's a moment that you could actually be in church and be like, like, you missed it. There's a possibility that you could be a lead in the room tonight, and every Friday you miss it. You could be delivering people on this altar and still be missing it. And I don't want to confuse you. But man, don't ever search for the gifts. Search for the giver of the gifts. Don't ever search for the, the feeling. Search for who gives you the feeling. And sometimes we pray for God to heal people, and we don't know who the, who the healer is. We pray for God to deliver people. He does it. But we never know who the deliverer is. We don't really know his name. They call him the good shepherd. You ever seen sheep before? They're so lame. But when the shepherd calls, how da da, right? They all just start running. They all just start running. They all just start running. There's a possibility that you could be a sheep in the room and talk so much about your shepherd. When he calls, you have no idea what his voice sounds like. There's a possibility. And I want to prove it to you. Can we go to that verse? I want you to throw it up. Come on. Matthew. Seven. Many will say to me on that day, Woo! Lord, Lord, did I not prophesy in your name? And did I not drive out demons in your name and perform many miracles? People will go to God one day and say, God, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. That dude just got in front of the gate to heaven. I, I, got, a, I got a case to plead. Hold up, hold up. Angel Gabriel, just stay right there for a second. Before you send me to an eternity away from heaven, I got to plead my case. I actually led people to church. I casted demons out in your name. I declared for someone to be healed in your name, and they got healed. What is going on? And this is Jesus' reply. 
and I kind of hate it. <laughs> Next verse. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. I will tell them simply, but I never knew you. It's a possibility to be in the room and not actually be here. There's a possibility to be a part of worship and not be a part of worship. There is a, come on, I want you to, I'm drilling this. There is a possibility that you can be all up in this room and be all away from Jesus. But I want to encourage you tonight, man. Jesus' hand is open to you tonight. Jesus' heart is open to you tonight. And he wants to give all of us an opportunity tonight to sit straight. Come on, who am I talking to? I want to encourage you. Jesus wants to give you a moment tonight. If you feel like you've been talking about a Savior and you haven't been saved, God wants to do something in your life tonight. His hand is open. The door is open. He's inviting you in. Crazy. Jesus was in the room. He'd be like, yo, no more worshiping the walls. I'm right here. No more sitting back and filling a seat. Come after me. No more missing your moment in church. Focus on me. No more watching someone else be healed. It's your turn. My first point tonight is this. To never miss a moment is to always be in awe of who God is. To always have that moment in church, you need to have your eyes fixed on God. And to always be in awe of who he is. In awe. When you are in awe, your focus is in Jesus. And no matter who's singing a song, no matter if John's hitting the right key or not, come on. I'm not focusing on him, I'm focusing on God. I don't need all the lights, I don't need all the drums, I don't need all the mics. Man, I think it's an acoustic guitar, and there's a tambourine, and they got some type of tempo. But God is in the room. My focus isn't the worship team. My focus isn't the lights. My focus is Jesus. To never miss it's to always be in awe of who God is. To be in awe is to look up to God and say, man, is this really happening? Your attention is everything. If you're taking notes, I want you to write that. Your attention is everything. Have you guys ever seen the Moonwalking Bear video? There's a video that, the objective of the video is this, ready? So there's like seven people with a ball. And this is how it goes, ready? So they go, count how many times the ball is thrown. Something like that, right? Or caught, or thrown, whatever. So they got like eight people, right? And the first person has the ball, right? And there's music. And they throw it, it's like, the first guy's like, one, he goes, that's one catch, there we go. And then they throw it backwards, two, they throw it, someone the other is like, three, they throw it back, someone's like, four, and it's like eight catches or nine, I forgot. So they throw it back and forth, and you finish the video, and you're like, nine catches, that was so easy, so easy. And then at the very end of the video, this dude, is like, he's like a British accent, he goes, yeah, did you count nine catches? And I'm like, yes. So stupid. Do it nine times. So obvious. I counted nine catches. He goes, but did you notice the moonwalking bear? I'm like, what? The moonwalking what? I replay the video as they are passing the ball. A freaking dude in a bear suit comes in. He's like, Like, he's having so much fun. Have you ever seen it? Come on, wave at me if you've seen that video. YouTube after this. Did you notice the moonwalking bear? It's the funniest thing ever. There's a possibility that you can get, up, get caught up in the wrong things that you missed the whole entire message. 
There's a possibility that you could be focusing on the wrong things and Jesus show up and you never even know it. There's a ability that you could be praying for revival every Friday and revival passes you right by. There's a possibility. My next point is this. Something that God gave to you for good redirected your focus away from God. Sometimes some things that God gives to us for good, like our ability to focus, because we have the ability to focus, sometimes it throws us off. Because then God gives you a girlfriend. God gives you a cell phone. God gives you a car. He gives you a job. He gives you family. He gives you relationships. And he's giving you a gift. But sometimes your focus redirected actually pushes you away from God. Something that God gave to you for good redirected your focus away from God. God gives you a gift. And because it has stolen your attention, you move your eyes away from the giver of the gift. My next point is this. Maybe the restraint of blessings in your life will actually be more beneficial in your life. Maybe God's saying the promotion, not right now. Maybe that's better for your life. Maybe God's saying, you're not ready for a boyfriend, mama. Will probably be better for you. Because what if God gives you something and you redirect your focus off of God to the gift he gave you? What if you redirect your focus, come on, for the healing, for, for, for anything. Sometimes God's restraint from blessing is actually beneficial for your life. Man, are we going to be at the point where we trust God enough to say, God, no matter what you're doing, if you're giving, if you're taking away, my eyes fixed on you. Like, are you really ready for that promotion? Like, are you going to, are you going to, like, go out on Friday nights? Are you ready for that promotion? Are you going to become so cool with all the money you got that you forget to tithe? Are you going to spend so much money on yourself rather than giving it out to other people? God gives you a girl. Are you going to spend your nights texting her than reading the Bible? Are you going to spend more time praying with her instead of FaceTiming with God? Like, what is it going to be? And some of us were saying, God, you're not blessing me. God, you're not blessing me. And he's like, you're not ready for it. You guys ever heard that phrase, God will never give you more than you can handle? We say that all the time with demons. Lord, don't give me no demon experience because you never give me more than I can handle. You better stop it. You better. I believe the same thing is for blessing. God can't bless you because you're not ready for it. God can't bless you financially because you're just not ready for it. You ever heard of the, of the, the lottery curse? You ever heard of that? People win the lottery, they blow it all away, they get addicted to drugs, addicted to sex, they end up in a rehab two months after winning the lottery. And then the, the parents like, yo, the lottery was the worst thing that happened to my family. But in our eyes, that's a blessing, that's a gift, that's a next step. Maybe you're not ready for it. The restraint of blessing in your life, maybe, 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 maybe that's something that's just in the way. Sometimes we, we're given so much in our lives that it could actually restrain us from where God wants to take us. Watch this video. God, I can't do this. I can't take them all. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I can't take them all. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. I can't. This is not okay right now. <laughs> Come on. Is it not okay? 
You know what the context of that is? She's home alone. There's a challenge called the 100 shirt challenge. And she was suffocating by herself in her house with millions of people watching. We're laughing. But some of us look like that spiritually. God has given you so much stuff. No, God, don't take him away. It hurts to take him off. Don't do it. God, no, I don't want to take him away. Make this work, God. Make it work. God, no, don't take her away. Please don't. I can't breathe. I have all this stuff, 100 shirts, 100 blessings. But God, I can't breathe without him. Don't take him away. Some of us are living like that spiritually. God looks at us like, I've given you. Well, look what you've done with it. Your focus has been missing. You're losing your focus. Isn't it amazing what God meant for good, we sometimes turn for bad. And this is my next point tonight. Don't ever turn a good thing into a God thing. If you're taking notes, come on. Don't ever turn a good thing into a God thing and let it totally take over your life. Don't let it do that. Sometimes we can get so full of God that we get full of ourselves. And that's for our leaders, man, and anybody. Sometimes we can get so full of God, literally get full of ourselves. We forget that it's God using us sometimes to do the good works. We are created in Christ Jesus. Everything that we have, everything that we bring to the table, he had planned in advance for us to already do. That's why sometimes I meet like, like cocky people Right? Like, I met, like, a pretty girl once. And she's like, yeah, I'm just so pretty. She's so ugly. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I'm like, I don't get that. Did you have any say in your birth? What did you do to be pretty? You had no, like, you were just born pretty? Why are you cocky? You could have you been born and you would have been that girl. You could have been born and you would have been that person. And sometimes we get, man, in church, and we're literally like, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I'm serving. Yeah, I'm leading. Yeah, I'm bringing people to Christ. But don't get so full of yourself because God is in you. And, and one thing we say as, as leadership is this throw it up. We're always 100% confident and 100% humble. You know what that means? I'm 100% sure, sure on his promises, but I'm 100% sure that I can't live without him. I'm 100% sure that he will make a way, and I'm 100% sure that I can get out of the way. I'm 100% sure that he called me, but I'm 100% sure he could have called anyone else. Don't ever get so full of God that you live yourself. God wants to do something in your life. God wants to take you somewhere. He wants to use you in ways you never thought he could. But man, as God begins to fill you up, never get full of yourself. Keep your focus right. I'm asked the band to come up. And man, I love this. Don't get caught up in what you have to bring. We're talking about focus tonight, and we're in the middle of a more life sermon series, and man, we're having so much fun. But like we said earlier, man, revival and life and abundancy and freedom could be passing you by and you never even notice it. Don't get caught up in what you have to bring. And in the story, back in the, the you know, miracle of the uh, bread and fish, there was actually a boy that they got the food from, a boy. And all he said was like, yo, I got my Lunchable. <laughs> I got my fish, I got my crackers, I'm ready. So they had, it was like the kids, what was in his hands? And Jesus said, yo, what do they have to offer? 
And they say, all we got is this dude is like five loaves of bread and two fishes. That's all we got. Man, don't ever get caught up on what you have to bring to the table and say, man, God, this isn't enough. God, this, is, this isn't enough. What can you possibly do with this? Think about every life that you say God can't use and compare that to the loaves and fish. God, what can you possibly do with this? And we see exactly what he can do with this. This is awesome to me. Like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the first. I, I want you to follow me. We're going to be jumping just a little bit. Some of you guys are probably already lost, but follow me, all right? I want you to pay attention to these last couple minutes. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are four books in the Bible. They are consecutive. They start off the New Testament. So this, your Bible split up in half, Old Testament, New Testament. The New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are all accounts from all these people about who says and what he did. So this story about the fish and the bread and the thousands of people that got fed is actually seen twice in the Bible, in Matthew and in Luke. I love that because you can be with Jesus and receive differently than how I receive. You can be in the same worship service, receive one part of the message, and you receive another part. That's the beauty of Jesus. He's for everybody. So I want to read to you real quick just a specific part and what Matthew had to say about this story. And this is what it says. Let's go to Matthew. Bring them here to me, Jesus said. And he directed people to sit down on the grass. So, so Matthew's writing. He's like, yeah. Jesus said, bring the people to me and just have them sit down on the grass and have them all spread out. And some of you guys are like, wait, I remember what Luke wrote earlier. We read earlier, they sat in groups of what? Let's read the verse. Luke says, but he went ahead and directed his disciples, sit them down in groups of about 50. So there's this distinct aspect of that verse that Luke wants to put in there. He says, Okay, Matthew, sit them all down. But, but Jesus said, sit them all down in groups of 50. Do you see the difference? Matthew said, have everybody sit down. Luke says, no, no, no. Jesus said, sit them all in groups of 50. I took the, the number 50 in the Bible, whenever it gives numbers, like, it, it gets deeper than that. Tell your neighbor, it gets deeper than that. Do you know what the biblical translation of the number 50 is? Like 50 in the Bible, what it really means and what it represents and what it symbolizes. 50 symbolizes deliverance. The number 50 symbolizes deliverance and freedom. That's what it did. Y'all are there already, but let's go back to, let, let's go to Leviticus because this is where that idea comes from of, the, of the, the numbers 50. And I want you to stay with me. And it says this. Count off seven Sabbath of years. Seven times seven years. Seven Sabbaths of years added up is 49 years. And then sound loud blasts on the ram's horn on the 10th day of the seventh month, the day of atonement. Sound the ram's horn all over the land. Sanctify the 50th year. Make it a holy year. Proclaim freedom all over the land. You see, the context of this is actually the jubilee year for the people of God, the people of Israel. It represents, you know, you know what that means? This is a year of celebration. And this is a year 
that the people of God get together, and you know what it resembles? Freedom and deliverance. If you were in debt, the person you were in debt to on the Jubilee year, sorry, it's all gone. And the, the other person is tight, like, you owe me $50, but it's the Jubilee year, so you, you good. You lucky. <laughs> And if anyone was a slave on the 50th year, they'd have to go back to their homes. Who am I talking to? I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. 50 symbolizes freedom and deliverance. So when Luke is writing, this is what he says. Jesus asked them to sit in groups of 50, which is what Jesus really said. But Matthew's like, no, he, yeah, who cares? They are sat on the grass. And Luke's like, no. Come on, let's read. Luke writes 14 to 17. He says, but he went ahead and directed his disciples, sit them in groups of about 50. They did what they said and soon had everyone seated. He took the loaves and the fish. He lifted his face to heaven in prayer. He blessed, he broke, and he gave the bread to the disciples to hand out to the crowd. After the people had all eaten their full 12 baskets were left over. Wait a minute. So they sat in groups of 50, which resembles freedom resembles deliverance all from a boy who thought he had nothing in his hand I think this is the message that comes from that you might look at your hand and say God this is nothing and God is saying I got people waiting in groups of 50 I got your city waiting in groups of 50 I got people waiting for this deliverance that's going to come out of your loaves and your bread. I got your family waiting. I got your school waiting. Your city waiting. And you're saying, but God, I just got some loaves and some fish. And he's like, give it to me. I can free everybody right now. I can bring deliverance to everybody right now. When I saw the word 50, the, the number 50, I was like, man, this is crazy. So I got crazy. I was like, man, what does five loaves mean? What's the number five? You know what the number five biblically represents? Grace. The number five biblically translates to grace. You know what two loaves of fish, two, you know what two is? Unity. United. The outlanding somewhere in there's a translation that says, if you are united in grace, I'll bring freedom to the captives. If you take what the little thing you have in your hand, and, and, and I want you to stand up on your feet tonight because this is, this is something we've been preaching for two weeks. We're preaching about more life. But man, if we don't know a thing about grace, I think our focus can be a little bit off. We're speaking about more life and we're gonna fill this place up one day, fill the people all over this room who do not know a thing about Jesus, but because we are united by grace, the little bit of loneliness that you have in your hand, people will receive freedom. I don't know if you're feeling what I'm feeling right now, but God is looking at what's in your hands. And he's saying, listen, you might see something small, but I see something huge. You might see your little bitty time out of the week as something small, but I see it as something huge. You might see your, your bus ride next to that girl who has cuts under her sleeves as just a bus ride. But man, I see freedom and deliverance that can happen in that moment. But God, I only got breads and loaves and fish. I feel like God is asking the question, are you willing to give to me what's in your hand? 
every head bowed, every eye closed. Are you willing to give to me what's in your hands? Because here's the truth. Every head bowed, every eye closed. A miracle can happen right now. But some of us are still holding on to something we see as insignificant. There are some people in here, some friends, some guests, and they're saying, John, my life is insignificant. I don't have the best things. I don't have all the, the nice clothes. I don't have all the, the nice friends. I'm the cool crowd. I feel lonely sometimes. You know what God sees? He sees some bread and some fish. And God is literally saying to you tonight, give it to me and see what I could do. If you're in here tonight and you want to make a decision to follow Jesus, no one's looking around. It's just you and God. It's just you and God from the front to the back. It's just you and God from the front to the back. If you want to give your life to Jesus, this is a moment of salvation that says, God, I'm going to give it to you. If that is you in here tonight and you want to give God something you see as insignificant, but God is saying, just give it to me right now. I don't know about you, but do you feel a tug right now in your heart? Every head by every eye closed. Come on, we said this earlier. If you're here for your friends, come on, God wants to meet you where you're at. Right where you're at tonight. God wants to give you a moment to make a decision. If you're here and you're saying, man, I want Jesus. I want to give him what's in my hands. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to shoot your right hand up. On the count of three, ready? One, nobody's judging you. Nobody's looking at you. Some of us have already made this decision. Two, listen, the moment of salvation is now. Do not let this pass by you. Come on, fix your focus. If you want Jesus tonight, one, two, three, shoot your hand up. Shoot it up, shoot it up. All over this room, hands are going up. All over this room. Every, come on, get around. It's just you and God. If you want Jesus and you want to give him your loaves, if you want to give him your fish, you can put your hand down. If that was you that raised your hand, I want you to hold your hands out tonight. Hold it out like this. Everybody join us. Everybody hold their hands out. Hold out your hand as if you're holding out some bread and some fish. I want you to put in your hands what it is that you're holding back from God. Like the girl in the video, God, don't take it away. Because it hurts. God, don't take it away. God, is it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me because there's people that will receive freedom because of your little insignificant donation. I'm going to bring freedom to your world. Before we worship, those of us who, who said, man, I, I want Jesus, let's all pray this prayer tonight. It's like 20. Let's all pray this prayer. Every head bow, every eye closed. Come on, let's pray that prayer. Come on, say Jesus. Everybody in the room, if you made that decision tonight to follow God and to give up what's in your hands, I want you to repeat after me. Come on, everybody. Say Jesus. I give you what's in my hands. God, I, I know I messed up. Say you mean it and say it like you messed up. God, I know I messed up. God, I know sometimes I fall. But God, I believe you will forgive me of my sins. Come on, God, I believe you will forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Savior. And Father, I pray you wipe all my tears away. God, from this, from this point forward, come on. God, from this point forward, I will live in you because you are my Savior. 
and you have a place for me in heaven. And everyone says, amen.